On Monday, May 22nd, Ford hosted its 2023 Capital Markets Day, where investors, analysts, and journalists gathered in Dearborn to hear about the latest progress to deliver our Ford Plus plan. Presentations captured our progress over the last two years as proof of Ford's world-class team meeting challenges head-on. The day outlined the key steps we're taking to build this exciting future together. The result will be a Ford that thrives at the intersection of a strong product lineup, innovation, and the rapid deployment of software. And now, here's Ford Chief Financial Officer, John Lawler. At our last Capital Markets Day, um, we introduced our Ford Plus plan and our investment thesis to all of you, highlighting the key pillars of our plan, which leverages our foundational strengths plus new enhanced capabilities to drive growth and create value for all of our stakeholders. So fast forward to today. Over the last two years, we've developed proven capabilities in each of these critical areas, grounded in disciplined capital allocation and focused on value creation. And this year, we took another leap forward by standing up our new customer-focused business segments. This provides an unprecedented level of transparency and has the potential to transform the way investors value the sector. And as you've seen today, our strategy goes way beyond simple sheet metal and nameplates. Ford is different. And we're deeply committed to unlocking the powerful customer benefits and value creation made possible by, possible by the connected, fully networked vehicles in a lifetime always on relationship with our customers. This is a winning strategy. So let's take a look at uh, some of the pivotal decisions that we've made since we launched Ford Plus. We de-risked our global operations by exiting manufacturing in Brazil and India. We streamlined our European operations to focus on our leading Ford Pro business and growing EV portfolio. We leveraged our iconic vehicle for portfolio to develop new exciting ICE derivatives like Bronco Raptor that are both very profitable and incredibly capital efficient. We wound down our investment in Argo and redeployed those key resources to focus on leading L2 Plus and L3 Autonomy, which we believe is the nearer term, higher growth and more profitable opportunity. And finally, we monetized almost our entire investment in Rivian, generating proceeds of over three billion. And this is more than double our initial investment. And we used a portion of it to help fund our supplemental dividend in the first quarter. Now this discipline and willingness to make the tough choices is driving real improvement in our operating performance. Last year, we delivered a record 9.1 billion in adjusted free cash flow, and most of which was generated by our automotive business. Now this is in stark contrast to prior years when, when adjusted free cash flow was driven primarily by distributions from Ford Credit. Now, we know we still have work to do in China and Europe, but we know the playbook. 
asset light, leverage core strengths, and key strategic partnerships to drive efficiencies. Now, before I cover our expectations for each of the segments, let me frame how we're thinking about capital allocation. Our strategic priorities are grounded in disciplined capital allocation that will drive growth and create value for our shareholders. Improving operations, free cash flow generation, and a strong balance sheet provide tremendous flexibility and ensure our calls on capital are fully funded. Importantly, over the last couple of years, capital has increasingly shifted from restructuring our global operations to funding our Model E and Pro businesses. For Model E, this includes a greater level of vertical integration, as well as a new distribution model. For Ford Pro, this includes investments in industry-leading products like our all-new Super Duty and E-Transit, as well as investments in software and services. Our balance sheet remains a priority. In fact, since we last were together, we've taken significant actions to both strengthen and improve the efficiency of our balance sheet, reducing our interest costs by about 200 basis points, or roughly 500 million per year. And all of this is done to create meaningful and sustainable value for our shareholders with an adjusted return on invested capital target of about 20% through 2026. So now let me frame the numbers and provide additional context regarding what the team has shared with you so far today. Overall, our Ford Plus strategy delivers a much more robust business model, one that collectively drives higher margins, lower capital intensity, lower cyclicality, and importantly, higher growth. One of the benefits of our new segmentation is you can see exactly what's happening within each of our businesses, engage their progress we're making each quarter. In our view, this is the only way to provide real transparency and accountability by business segment. Anything else masks what's really going on under the hood. Now in Ford Blue, we're targeting an EBIT margin in the low double digits, about three points higher than in 2022. We expect lower volumes as we shift out of smaller vehicles like Fiesta and Focus in Europe and other commoditized segments. And these units will be more than offset by improved mix from our high demand, higher margin products like Bronco, F-150, and Ranger. Overall, we expect lower net pricing on ICE vehicles as industry volume and average transaction prices normalize towards pre-COVID levels and EV adoption grows. Now this bridge reflects Ford Blue's focus on reducing costs, which Kumar detailed. Specifically, contribution costs improved by about four points driven by several key factors, including material, logistics, and warranty, along with lower commodity costs. Structural costs also improve by about four points as our investment profile shifts to EV and Blue focuses more on its efficient capital uh, investments around derivatives. As Model E and Ford Pro grow, this provides additional leverage as they absorb a greater portion of our overall cost structure. Now moving to services, 
which we define as parts, services, and accessories, as well as new digital services, growth here contributes another full point of margin supported by the scaling of Blue Cruise. Importantly, post-2026, we assume margins in blue will start to decline as the industry shifts to electrification and that continues. Obviously, no one can predict exactly how it's going to play out, but given our unique strength in trucks, we believe our ICE business will be around for a long time, continuing to generate free cash flow and returns. And that was quite a moat Ted showed you, and we have every intention of making it deeper and wider. Ford Pro, we're targeting mid-teen EBIT margins by 2026. Volume and mix drive the margin growth with Pro capitalizing on its leadership position as our commercial customers transition to EVs. We assume improvement in industry volume along with share growth in both North America and Europe. And as industry volume and supply chains normalize, we expect net pricing to decline by about three points. Pro will also benefit from many of the same cost actions that benefited Blue. And structural costs will grow in line with higher volumes as we continue to invest in a growing portfolio of EVs to serve our commercial customers. Services will deliver about another point of growth, reflecting growth in telematics and charging, as well as the expansion of Pro's dedicated network of commercial service points. In fact, by 2026, we expect Ford Pro's digital and physical services to account for close to 20% of the segment's total EBIT. And we think looking at services as a percent of EBIT is an important measure because it's a true reflection of the higher performing, more resilient business model. And simply looking at large software and service revenue numbers, it doesn't tell the whole story since not all revenue is created equal. And this is especially true in retail, where as we've seen in other technology businesses, we accept some portion of the revenue to ultimately commoditize and become dilutive to margins. Now turning to Model E. At the teach-in, we showed you an EBIT bridge that highlighted the key levers the operating team is using to deliver our 8% margin target. And today, Doug and Lisa shared insights that support that target. Going forward, we will use our standard EBIT bridge to share our progress. Our target of 8% EBIT margin by the end of 2026 translates to about a 49 uh, point improvement in margin compared to our 2022 results, with 54 points of the improvement attributed to volume and mix. And this reflects the continued volume and scaling of our first generation, as well as the launch of our second generation products beginning in 2025 that benefit from lower cost and higher margins and are EBIT positive in the first year. And as you would expect, net pricing falls as EV volumes increase, which is partially mitigated by lower distribution costs. We expect an improvement in contribution costs as we continue to refine design and other cost efficiencies and benefit from lower commodity costs, which is about six points on the bridge. Discipline investments in our new EV products and expanding industrial footprint drives a 10-point increase in structural costs. This drives significant scale benefits in material logistics, as well as manufacturing engineering and DNA costs. Lastly, 
Blue Cruise and other digital and physical services will contribute about 20% of Model E's EBIT by the end of 2026, and we expect this opportunity to grow significantly over time, especially with the launch of our L3 technology. Model E is a unique opportunity for us, one that redefines the legacy business model and delivers new high growth businesses. So how does it all come together? Let's look at our company target. And I hope you agree that if you look at just this bridge, you're missing the complete story. And that is the progress we're making on each of our business segments, which serve different strategic objectives and will otherwise get lost in our consolidated results. Our plan delivers a 10% adjusted EBIT margin by 2026, an improvement of about three and a half points over 2022. We expect volume and mix to contribute about five points of margin, with our wholesales increasing by about 30% from 4.2 million units to about 5.6 million units. Now this assumes normalization of industry volume in, in the supply chain, as well as share growth in EVs. Now this growth rate may sound large, but let me explain and give it a bit of context. Last year, the last time we saw US uh, industry volume, roughly 17 million units, which is what we're expecting in this time frame, was in 2019. And in that year, our wholesales were around 5.4 million units. So we've taken a very pragmatic approach on net pricing. And as you can see from the bridge, our improvement in volume and mix is almost fully offset by lower net pricing as our industry trends normalize. Contribution costs account for about a four points of margin improvement supported by uh, the cost actions on material, logistics, and quality that you heard about earlier today. We also anticipate favorable commodity costs, especially for batteries, aluminum, and steel. While structural costs will be higher in absolute dollar terms, they decline as a percentage of revenue from 20% to 14% over the period. Over time, the allocation of our structural costs will shift. We will see lower structural costs in blue and higher costs in Model E and Pro as they continue to scale. And I hope you can see that we are in the midst of a historic transformation. While the 10% margin is an important target, as Jim said, it's just a single stop on our journey to reset the run rate of the company, which sets us up for the next 100 years. Now I wanna to touch on the art of the possible for services and potential impact to our company. Towards the end of our plan, we will launch the new electrical architecture that Doug had highlighted. This has the potential to accelerate increase and increase the amount of services we capture on each vehicle we sell, further reducing the cyclicality of our business model. And as you heard from Ted, for Ford Pro, these solutions have the potential to drive up to 2,000 per vehicle annually in subscription revenue and up to four to 5,000 when you include non-software opportunities like in con connected commercial insurance. If we look at total company, we have the potential to drive software subscriptions of $1,500 per unit and annual recurring revenue for features like Blue Cruise, safety and security, as well as productivity solutions for our commercial customers. And the potential for connected insurance 
is another 2,000 per unit, assuming a mix of two-thirds retail and one-third pro. The point here is not the exact precision of these numbers. Rather, it's about that with the benefit of our new electrical architecture, our TAM will grow, encompassing things we can't even contemplate right now. And that will further reduce the cyclicality of our business model. I believe our Ford Plus plan can create unprecedented value through both share price appreciation and shareholder distributions. Higher share prices driven by improved business performance, free cash flow, and increasing investments in new growth opportunities that should expand our multiple over time. We'll continue to target distributing 40 to 50% of free cash flow to investors each year. This includes a regular dividend that is stress tested and sustainable through the cycle, supplemental distributions like we paid in the first quarter of this year, and anti-dilutive share repurchases. Overall, we are targeting top quartile automotive return for our shareholders every year. And this goal has been embedded directly in both the objectives and compensation targets of the senior leadership team. So let me close with this. Jim said earlier he wasn't here to tell you we're undervalued, and I'm not either. There's a reason automakers have been trapped in the box on the lower left defined by low margins, low multiples, while best-in-class industrials have outperformed the market. Turns out that trying to be all things to all customers isn't a great business model. It drives complexity, capital waste, especially when you have a host of competitors all trying to do the same thing. But you've seen today that real change is underway at Ford. Each of our three segments has clarity and focus on one thing, efficiently delivering value to the customers that it is uniquely capable of serving. Each is a steward of capital, and each has a stronger investment thesis than Ford itself has had in decades. And as Blue, Model E, and Pro execute their unique strategies while leveraging the many advantages that come from being a part of the Blue Oval, you'll see this transformation play out real time in the metrics that distinguish best-in-class industrials from legacy auto OEMs. We've talked in detail about how we're eliminating complexity and driving cost out of the business, and these actions will drive improvements in our EBIT margins. We also talked about the market-leading vehicles and compelling low-capital derivatives Ford Blue is developing and the disciplined where-to-play decisions that Ford Model E has made. This lowers the capital intensity of our business, and you will see this improvement as you monitor our CapEx to EBITDA ratio over time. And today you heard about the traction we're getting with Blue Cruise and how we're using software and services, particularly in Ford Pro, to deliver real value to our customers through ownership lifecycle. This not only improves their businesses, but ours as well through higher margin reoccurring revenue streams. And over time, this creates a business model that is more resilient and less cyclical. Again, you will see this in the contribution to EBIT margin coming from growth in services. And lastly, 
You've hopefully seen that we are not the Ford of the past. We are new, more focused, with true growth opportunities across each of our businesses, including a vibrant and resilient ICE portfolio, a thoughtful, targeted, and growing EV business, and a powerhouse in Ford Pro. And all of these will unlock value made possible by connected, fully networked vehicles and lifetime, always-on relationships. So Jim opened this morning reflecting on Ford's history and our chance to make history once again. And I hope you can probably tell that this is personal for all of us. 33 years ago, I uh, had a couple offers when I came out of college. And at that time, I chose Mustangs and F-150s over soap and syrup and uh, haven't looked back since then. And I've worked on three continents in just about every finance and general manage management job that um, you can imagine. My family and I owe everything to Ford. And it's, it's hard to describe to people outside Ford how much this team wants to win. If you would have asked me five years ago, I didn't see a way past the automotive grind that this industry was. But today, this is a different Ford. The shift we've seen at this intersection between automotive excellence and connected technology, it's really unbelievable. You can walk across the street to the museum and look at the Wright Brothers workshop, steam engines, broadcasting, microprocessors, you name it. And think about where you would have liked to have been when all those breakthroughs started to come along. Well, there's no place I'd rather be than here at Ford in this moment. I truly believe we're gonna make history again for our customers, the people in our plants, our dealers in every community, and for all of you, our investors. So thank you for being with us on this important day. Thanks for listening. To hear more updates and learn more, make sure to check out all Capital Markets Day content on at Ford Online and on the Blue Oval Now app.